Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome to the Red Zone Report on the Built in Buffalo Network with me, your host, Izzy. Pumped after another week of good news for our Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, who wouldn't be pumped to see that a new stadium deal got done and that we have a new stadium that should be ready by 2026? That the Bills will be safe here in Western New York for the foreseeable future 30 years. I am ecstatic over that news not to mention that we brought back ryan uh bates or rick bates whatever you want to call him you know i'll be your morty it's all good uh and we also brought back ike bodker so we have some things to talk about because that changes things it really does so first thing we're going to talk about is that return we brought back ike bodker we signed him to a one-year deal He's got that that gruesome injury. I think it was an Achilles. And, you know, we thought he might be done, you know, here in Buffalo. Um, And we also thought Bates was gone. We thought that he was going to end up signing with the Vikings or the Bears or the the Patriots. And then the Bears gave him a pretty, you know, serious offer. You know, good four-year deal worth, I think it was $17 or $18 million with eight in the first two years. And all of a sudden, you know, we were concerned. We were concerned, and we signed Ike Butker. And then we're like, oh, well, Bates is gone. An hour later, maybe maybe a little longer, maybe a little less, Brandon Bean's on an interview uh, at the owner's meeting, and turns out, he's like, we're going to go ahead and match that offer. Bates earned it. So I'm loving that. Happy Sunday, Kim. Happy Sunday, Spin. Happy Sunday, Jason Humbert. Miss T at NY... Uh, uh, NYAP in the 716, the Not Your Average podcast here on Built in Buffalo Network. Check her out on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Do your thing. Love her. She's always wonderful and supportive. Uh, The Trek reviewer, Anthony Bumasato, and Chris Gill, who was on here way before the show started. But, uh, uh, you didn't believe. So, I didn't believe you, Spin, that he was on the roster because on the official website, he wasn't on there. And there's something else to talk about on there as well that uh, has been rumored or mentioned that I have to go back and, I guess, address. Not necessarily about the, the Christian Wade thing, but there's something else to address uh, about the roster. Oh, my man, FGH is in the comments. Welcome here. Um, but so we thought we lost... Rick Bates, we thought we had, you know, signed Botker to assure that bet, you know, that it was going to be him and Cody Ford battling it out. And then we got Bates and Botker. So now at this point in time, our guard position is solidified for the most part. Uh, one problem is, is that Rick Bates is under contract for four years. Botker, Cody Ford, and Roger Saffold are only on the roster for – what is it this year? So there's a lot going on when it comes to that. Uh, I I would I was gonna say prior to the show and before I did you know my research again and I at some point I totally forgot about it. But those guys are on their last years of the contracts, so the only year in the case of uh, Bates and Botker, or not Bates and Botker, uh, Botker and Saffold. So we're gonna need somebody. At guard, we're gonna need another guard. We we can go into next year 
blind as we can if you know if that's what people want but i, I don't think that's what the bills are going to do they're very good at picking up for the future so while i would say that it may rule out guard in the first round it doesn't it absolutely doesn't this is still going to be a bpa thing and i think it's going to be a bpa for three positions maybe four in round one and it's going to be bpa for the purpose of that's just how they operate they don't they don't they don't go outside of the the, the norms and the realms of how they do things right they're very specific they're very strategic and they're very, also very mysterious so Bates and Botker being back makes me feel better about our guard position. It makes me feel better about that. And you could always bring back, you know, Bates or Botker for another year. I get those names confused. I don't know why. I get Botker and Bates messed up. Maybe it's because they're both B words. That, that didn't come out right. Uh, they're both, both their names start with B, Bates and Botker. And, you know, you could always bring Botker back after this year as well. It's going to be cheap. It's not going to be expensive. But then Cody Ford's gone and so is Saffold unless you bring one of them back. And Saffold is going to be like 34 next year. So this might be a one-year rental like uh, Emmanuel Sanders was. So I'd say, personally, I agree with my man here, Steve Lynn, that guard is a second-round value of depth this year. They have a lot of guys who are first and second-round depths. There's some guys who are first-round depths. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I have some pages pulled up on my browser here so I can look at the top 10 guys from you know, the draft network. Uh, I pay attention to them a lot. Joe Marino, he's somebody who I watch regularly while I'm at work. Uh, well, listen to, because you know, I'm driving. So I put my phone over here. And I put him on. And I just listen to what he's saying. There's a bunch of guys that are first-round talents to me. So, But there's plenty of depth in the second round as well. But the question is, are we drafting a guard or a guard center flex? Do we want the, the best guard available at 25? Or are we going somewhere else? So there's, there's a lot to look into. And We'll get into all that later, but Brian Bates and Ike Bacher make BPA so much easier because before you may have felt obligated to take a guard, but now you're not. Now you can take whatever you want. And I actually actually really like that ability to not need that one spot. There's only one real spot of need in this draft for us, and I'm going to get into it in a second that it may be addressed prior to you know two first rounds are valued at the high skill positions agreed agreed and we're going to get into that steve and welcome to the show i think you've been here before but i'm not positive yes uh i have mentioned this before uh next year in 2023 it's looking to be about 30 to 40 million in increase and from today going forward, it's looking to be a 50 to 55 million for 2024. So, yeah, the, the new TV deal is really going to skyrocket that. Josh Allen's deal is going to look like a real, like, like a steal. So is Deion Dawkins and Tredavious White. Uh, we're going to have to pay digs if they really value him, which I think they do. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Man said, I want, Kenny Riggleman said, I want Jahan Dotson or Brees Hall in round one, a playmaker on offense. Let me take a look at something right quick. Okay, okay, I, I, I'm familiar with Jahan Dotson. I, I know the name, but I was looking at receivers all day today and among other players from other positions. Um, I like him, uh, but there are guys who I like more. 
do they fall to us? I don't know. Um, I also think receivers a possibility in the second round. There's one that I really like in the second round that I can see us moving up for in the second round. So we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But personally, um, I'm a firm believer in BPA, right? So if Jahan Dotson's there, he's number one on the board. But McDuffie is also on the board at corner. Go with who's best at, best uh, available. Personally, Brees Hall is a very good running back, but I'm usually not a running back in the first round guy. 25 is damn near a second round pick. But drafting him there would make him one of the higher paid running backs in the league. I think it's top 15 he'd be paid. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really about that running back life unless no one else is there. And if they're not there, then definitely give me Brees Hall. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, especially with this line solidified as it is, you know, with all the starters, by the way. I think we'll end up taking offensive linemen in this draft eventually. But, you know, we're really going to get into the the first, second, third rounds of this draft. You know, and then after that, we can, you know, BS around with the later rounds. I'm definitely cool with that. Ah, <coughs> uh, thank you, Robert Wood. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Uh, all right, so. Bates and Bakker are back, and their contributions to this roster, you know, they're, they're here to solidify things. That's all they are. They're, they're depth behind the guards, uh, except for Bates. He's probably going to start. Cody Ford, and um, we got Mance, and we got Bakker as backups. Then starters, we got Saffold, Morse, and Saffold. Saffold, Morse, and Bot or Bates as starters. So we have six interior offensive linemen on this roster who are most likely to be here and be in to backup. Mans can play guard and center, so that's beautiful. So we have the interior offensive line set up, and don't be surprised if we take another tackle this year. Tackle's another sleeper position that we're, we're not looking at, but you can find somebody with tackle flex at guard or guard flex at tackle, and that, that would be perfectly fine. We still have Tommy Doyle. We have Brown and Deion Dawkins. We need another tackle. We need at least one. All right, so after we're done with that, let's go ahead and get into something else that we can get through quickly. And that's the new stadium. We'll get into that a little bit later. We're, we're going to get into that. All right, and before we get into the stadium... Keep in mind, we pushed a lot of salary back into the future years, so it's going to cut into the salary cap jumps. On top of that, we still have key players to re-sign in the next two years. We do have some, but, you know, the Bills like to build through the draft, and they'll they'll know to let some people go. You know, some people will have to go that we really like and admire, um, and that's fine. You know, it is what it is. I'm generally not one who gets too attached to too many players, but I'm definitely attached to some, and, you know, that's what it is. Tottenham is a city or town in the UK. They have a soccer team that's called Tottenham. I think it's Tottenham FC or FC Tottenham. And they have a state-of-the-art new stadium built in 2019. And the new Bill Stadium is supposed to be modeled after that. It's a beautiful stadium. We have a picture of it here. Uh, I guess one of my other built-in Buffalo friends had put it in here, so I'm going to go ahead and show it because, yeah. So this is the look of the Tottenham Stadium, right? It's called the Hotspur. That's the name of their stadium. 
It's a beautiful stadium. It's got the cover for the fans. It's big. Seats about 64,000 people. Ours are going to seat about 62. And I think it's a lovely stadium. I think that, you know, that stadium could actually do a lot more than just football for us. And we'll see. We'll see. But I, I can't wait. I can't wait till we get that new stadium and take advantage of all the luxuries that will be within it. So they say it's similar to Tottenham. Uh, well, I guess we'll wait to see when it's built to see. But yeah, it is what it is. All right, we, now we got that out of the way. Oh, one more thing before I get off the stadium thing. There's a few other things I want to talk about with the stadium. Uh, it turns out that New Yorkers, and I'm guessing this is mostly New York City folks, are upset that the state of New York is spending $850 million on the stadium. Well, to be fair, the state of New York is only spending $650 in the stadium. Erie County is spending $200 million in the stadium. And the rest of that money is coming from the Bills organization and the NFL. So the state of New York is paying for less than half. And I don't want to hear it from New York because they paid like $1.5 billion for the Yankee Stadium. I love the Yankees. I'm a Yankees fan, but no, no. Plus, do you want to be a state, the only state or one of the biggest states in the, in the union, Texas, California, New York, the third biggest state, and have no football teams here? The bills do bring revenue into the, into the, uh, the city of Buffalo, the county of Erie, and the state of New York. Let's stop playing games with this. There's, there's, there's no reason for that. Plus, the personal seat licenses are going to help get rid of some of that. How do I feel about being an open-air stadium? You know, I'm not really pro-dome or pro-open-air. I wanted a retractable roof. Uh, I understand both arguments that you have a dome and you can host, like, WrestleMania and other events like that throughout the year. Um, but I also understand the aspect that Bills fans and you know, just this area is an open air football kind of place. We are here, you know, to really get in there and be in the elements. Look at the last few snow games we've had. The LaShawn McCoy overtime win when we had, uh, not Davis Webb, but the other Webb. We had him in there and he threw that deep pass for the first down. And then Shady runs it in in overtime for the win against the Colts. And then the celebration in the corner of the end zone. Snow just being launched in the air. The Bills players up in there taking it all in. You cannot tell me that doesn't pump you up. It does pump me up. It does pump me up. When I say biggest state, I mean financially, not physically. I don't mean like the physical borders of the state. I mean like economically, New York State is the third largest economy in the country behind California and Texas. I don't mean population or, or any of that stuff. All right, uh, let's see. Another one by Miss Jessica. By 2027, it's the it's thought to thought the salary cap could be 300 million, 90 million more than it is now. This all comes in an article by the Ringer. Okay, all right. Yes, ma'am. I know. I think uh, I think Florida has more than us too. I think it's like California, Texas, Florida, New York, and then Pennsylvania. And Georgia and all those other kind of big city, but, you know, also kind of rural states behind it. All right. But a lot of New Yorkers complained about it. And I was like, the state's only putting up $650 million. And I'm saying only, but we're one of the biggest economies in the country. We pay 
the most tax. Well, y'all do. I don't live there no more, but it's one of the highest taxing states in the country, right? And it's less than 0.1 percent of of the uh, of the budget. Stop it. Plus, a lot of it's going to get paid back by these personal seat licenses that we bills fans are going to have to eat, but we're happy to have our bills. So it's a give and take. Right. Just because you're a Giants fan doesn't mean that we don't deserve our team. TV contracts kick in this coming year, 2023. So the deal was signed before last year. And it's the Amazon, Disney slash ESPN, CBS, NBC, and Fox all signed new TV deals to get their representation for NFL football. So Amazon got all the Thursday night games. Uh, NBC still has all the Sunday night games. Or is it ESPN? ESPN still has all the Sunday night games. NBC has all the... uh, late night uh the uh monday night football games and then cbs has the afc and fox has the nfc so cbs afc fox nfc so all these different companies have paid money to get us on it this is true wrestlemania could because it's it's at this time of the year but they probably trust new york city more than they trust us with that our weather's too crazy. <sighs> Would be crazy to see snow at WrestleMania, though, right? Somebody get thrown into a into a table that's on top of a snowdrift. Be crazy. <laughs> All right. So the stadium, we got that squared away. Even if you take uh, the if it was eight point five billion, it's just a little more than half. And again, a lot of it's going to get taken care of by the fans. Uh, we love our bills, and we're going to support our bills. So that's just how we operate. I don't care what anybody thinks. All right. So now on to the topic of discussion, this show. The show is titled On the Board, What is the Pick at 25? All right, we are on the clock. What do we need and who do we take? Now, the consensus number one when it comes to this with most Bills fans is we need a corner. What's up, Dan? How you doing, man? Welcome to the party. The consensus is we need a corner, right? We we short up guard. You know, Gabriel Davis is going to be our number two receiver as of now. Uh, Stefan Diggs is in there. We got Jamison Crowder. We got Isaiah McKenzie. Receiver looks fine. We also have some guys in the practice squad. We could also pick a guy later in the draft and be fine. Marquez Stevenson is still here. We have guys that we like. But the question is, are they satisfied with all that? Uh, I don't think that we go we the corner we want at 25 and we'll have to trade up. It's possible. We'll talk about that. Uh, Amazon deal is 1.3 billion annually, meaning about 20 million dollars in additional cap. Players get 48 percent. Okay. My man, oh, my main lady, Jessica, out here doing math for us. Let's go, Jessica. Good job. Because I would have did it and then talk about it next week, but you got it. And with the new stadium, the goal is to bring soccer here with the new stadium. Plus, they could do Bandits games and their daughters play, uh, play tennis. Yeah, that's true. Jessica Pugula does play tennis. I don't know about the other daughter. 
How about the Gilmore rumors? Okay, so here's one we can interrupt this right here because we're talking about corners, right? The, a lot of people talking about we had to go corner in the first round, and there's a bunch of corners that I want to talk about, uh, and we'll get there. The Gilmore rumors are because of something that I was talking to Spin about, which was the Christian Wade thing a couple weeks ago, and that he wasn't on the Bills website. So apparently, according to WYRK Country 106.5 in New York, Teron Johnson has officially changed his number from 24 to number 7. It's on the BillsFanshop.com, uh, Bills, on the BillsShop.com too, or Bills Fanshop website. It's on their website. They have a Johnson jersey, number $719. You know, it says Taron Johnson. And this was actually posted on Twitter by Greg Thompson of Cover One. So shout out to him. But apparently, Teron Johnson has changed his number. And the rumor is that we're going after Gilmore. So Gilmore is not the only number 24 that's out there that we could potentially go after. I think he wore number six last year with the Panthers. But there's also a guy named James Bradbury that you can trade for from the New York Giants. So there's a couple of guys out there. I'm not trying to throw no rumors out there, but the rumor was this whole offseason that we're going to go get Chandler Jones and then we got Von Miller. So who's to say these rumors aren't out there that we're going to go get Stefan Gilmore and then land a big trade for James Bradbury? I don't know if that's the case. And, you know, I'm not necessarily hoping or caring which one it is. I like both those guys in the scheme. They both played in the scheme. Uh, Gilmore's more of a man coverage guy and Bradbury's more of a zone coverage guy. So I think I'd lean more towards Bradbury, but his contract is pretty rough. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Okay. See what else we got here. 're talking about the linebacker from where Josh got drafted so it, you're talking about Chad Muma linebacker from Wyoming he's a good prospect wouldn't Johnson wait until we acquire the player no not if not if it's already kind of in the works and they're working on physicals and then no one knows anything until it's officially announced like the von Miller deal and also it's technically not official on the bill's website. In the NFL shop, it is, but on the Bills website, he's still number 24, which is interesting. All right, all right. So let's go ahead and get back to it. So let's say we don't get one of those two corners. We don't get a Stephon Gilmore. We don't get a Bradbury. We don't get a Joe Hayden. We don't get any of those guys, right? Which I doubt. I, I just doubt that that happens. The corners in the draft. Uh, in order of the uh, the Draft Network's rankings are Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Andrew Booth Jr., Derek Stingley Jr., Kair Elam, Trent McDuffie, Tariq Woolen, Roger McCreary, Kyler Gordon, Cam Taylor-Britt, and Alante Taylor. And those guys are all, you know, first to third round picks. First to third round. Uh, actually, let me, let me take a look at Alante Taylor real quick. And, yep, 
So all those guys are third round to first round values. Close some of these windows up. I have too much going on here. Epinesa for Bradbury. Eh, it's possible. Would be playing. I doubt it. We don't have it. So probably not unless you had some void years at the end, which I think Brandon Bean's pretty much over kicking the can. I've seen this too, and I think that that would be for a corner. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. I did see this. Uh, the Draft Network actually has the comp for Trey White uh, being McDuffie. Also, uh, that franchise guy on YouTube who I've been watching all day getting mock drafts and freaking, uh, you know, player prospect info. Like, so I watched the three positions I'm going to cover for this in freaking uh, videos and just articles about the players and then mock drafts covering, you know, some of the other positions because that's what a mock draft is, covers everything. Bills can easily clear two, 20 million in cap space if they really want to push the money back. So they could, and if they did, then I wouldn't be too mad at them paying Gilmore 10 year, or 10 million, maybe give them seven this year and then uh, avoid year of 2.5. We could eat that. That's no problem. Or if you want to give them three years, you know, at, at, at 30 million and then kick, you know, 5 million into a, an extra year, avoid year, that'd be fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. There's, there's all kinds of ways to finagle the salary cap. That doesn't exist, including to people. So that works. You know, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, but the the corner that I would prefer in this draft, there's two of them. If they're first round guys, and we're going to make a jump, my two first round guys would be Derek Stingley Jr. Only problem with him is he's got that injury. He, he's got the Liz Frank injury. Uh, luckily, I've said it before, we got the best training staff and facilities in the league, baby. As a as Adams for the Seahawks, he formerly of the Jets, would say, I'm the best in the nation. That's who the, our training staff is. They're the best in the nation. All right? That's how it goes. That's who we are. I like Derek Stingley Jr. I wouldn't be mad if they got him. And I also like Trent McDuffie from Washington. Uh, Trent McDuffie could fall to us, but if he gets to 20, I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I'm, make, I'm making a move. Now, I'm sending, you know, a, a player and a pick. You know, give you a second round, uh, this year's first, and uh, and a player, and getting it, get, getting it pushing, right? Because that's just how it goes. That's just how you got to do it. You got to go for it. Trey's coming off serious injury, and this is why I'm kind of eh about Stingley because he's also coming off of an injury, a foot injury like Trey. Trey Trey had his uh, his knee, and uh, Stingley, also out of LSU, similar system guy, you know, more physically talented than Trey, but you know he's uh still injured. So I don't necessarily want to bring in an injured rookie and then have an injured veteran both having to come off injuries to play starting corner for us. So for me, it's McDuffie over him. I would again, if McDuffie's there at twenty, jump. Stingley might fall because of the injury, and if he does, take him at twenty-five. Sure, do it. Uh, here we go. Stingley and Sauce Gardner are out of reach for the Bills. Won't be able to trade up high enough to get him. Uh, that's not necessarily true. 
Uh, so from what I looked at, uh, the Bills, if they traded their first and second round pick, which I don't think they're going to do, if they traded both of those picks, they could move all the way to 12 if the opposing team was willing to play ball. So there's there's a lot they can do. There's a lot they can package up. I wouldn't move that high. That's crazy. But personally, you know, I guess that's that's for the uh, the draft chart. You know, they have all the value of each position. You know, have so many points for draft position, and then if you trade these two picks, it equals that much points. Uh, it doesn't seem like teams are necessarily valuing that chart anymore. <laughs> Seems more like they're uh, it's like you know, screw that chart. Russell Wilson's worth three first round picks. And, you know, more power to him. Uh, with Hill in the division now, I expect the Jets in New England will be drafting a cornerback in the first round. Uh, I see the Jets going safety in the first round. I definitely could see New England going corner in the first round. They lost Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. They picked up Malcolm Butler. So not to mention uh, Devin, what's his name now? McCourty, he's getting up there in age. He's not covering deep downfield to go get uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He can't cover both sides of the field like he used to. He used to be able to get sideline to sideline, but it's not what is going on. So, yeah, you're probably right. Let's see what else we got here. Come on now. Michigan is talking. All right, let me if he falls to twenty one, then you know you gotta jump for it. You gotta go get him. That's very possible. I think Edmonds could be traded with our first round pick to move up. That's true. And then if you know if you can trade Edmonds and the first round pick to get up to fifteen to get the corner you want, say McDuffie's there. And you're just not going to allow these other teams to try and get their hands on them. And you move Edmonds and a first round pick. You can still get Chad Muma in round two, most likely. If you got to move up in that round two, how many how many players in this draft are we really going to roster? How many guys are we really going to be able to keep? Like the team is pretty much made outside of CB two and maybe wide receiver two or three. Like how many guys are you really going to roster? You you you, you replace Tremaine Edmonds with a Chad Muma or someone like that, or uh, Dean from Georgia. That'd be a great one, too. You don't have to worry about anything now. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about when we pick, who we're going to pick, but I do want specific things, and I think the Bills are, too. Kim Boomhauer. Thinking three or four guys max. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at corners – Stingley would be my favorite if he falls because of the injury, right? And then Trent McDuffie is my absolute favorite because he's not injured and he is a zone cover guy. He's not necessarily strong when it comes to man-to-man coverage. He can play man-to-man coverage. He's got a decent man-to-man grade, right, which almost none of our corners do outside Teron Johnson. But zone is his strength, and that's what we run. We run zone. His comp is Trey White for a reason. I wouldn't be mad at going to get him. You know, and if we have to wait until the second round, there's a few other guys. There's a few other guys out there, like a, a Kyler Gordon from Washington. He's not a Washington guy. Uh, I like Roger McCreary, but he's more of a man-to-man guy. Uh, Tariq Woolen, 
who's from a conference USA, played at Utah State. And was he standing out athletic? He's six foot three, so he's a big guy. He's another good prospect. So there's guys out there, but if it's me, McDuffie is my dude. That's who I'm going for. That's what I want. Use every pick you have to get the best five picks you can. There you go, Joey. Use every pick you have to get the five best picks you can get because you're probably not going to sign them all anyway. That's true. Yeah, if, we don't have eight spots on this roster. <laughs> we don't. And, you know, we always do pretty good with our undrafteds. You know, we have we have guys that, we have, that have been undrafted that played well for us, like Levi Wallace, who's not here anymore because he earned more money. And the Bills were like, yeah, you know, you're good and you fit in our scheme, but you're not worth us keeping you around for that price. Like, I disagree with that for the price, but look where we're at salary cap-wise now and then take away $4 million from it. Like, it's worse off. I would definitely get rid of Levi Wallace and a couple of the guys that we let go to get Von Miller. All day. All day. All I know is Brandon Bean said we're going to have to hit on some of these picks. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you there. I agree with you, too. I would like for us to get uh, Zion Johnson. Personally, he's uh, my favorite prospect. But he seems to be climbing draft boards, especially the mock drafts, which you know a lot of you know GMs use as a guideline as to, is this guy going to be there at 20? Is he going to be there at 15? Is he going to be there? And Zion Johnson seems to be a guy who's climbing up boards, you know, because you have Ekamakwanu, and then there's one more guard tackle out of Alabama. I'm forgetting his name; it's slipping my mind. But then after that, it's Zion Johnson. So we could definitely, you know, miss out on you know on him if we don't jump for him. But personally, I'm not as quick to jump for a guard right now. Versus jumping for the corner. I'll take a guard in the second round personally. So Linderbaum is falling for good reason. He doesn't have as much flex to guard in the NFL as he did in college. He's he's going to be a center. We don't really need a center. Unless you plan on kicking Mitch Morse out the guard, which means that you don't start Saffold or Bates. So to me, that doesn't make as much sense. He's got to play center in the NFL. He can't play guard in the NFL. He's not long enough. He's powerful enough, but he's not he's not long enough. So that's a problem. That's a thing. Yeah, hopefully there's a run on edge players or something we don't need, which pushes better prospects down the pipe. Exactly. So if you have a run on, on defensive linemen, you know, Jordan Davis comes off the board. Uh, you know, I'm having a brain fart on players now. Uh <laughs> but you know. A lot of these guys come off the board and allow you to I'm going to go ahead and pull this up here. I'm going to pull something up real quick. You know, I'm hoping that like three quarterbacks go in the first round, even though I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, you got your Aiden Hutchinson's, you got your Trevon Walker's, you got your McQuanu's. Kayvon Thibodeau, another edge rusher. Uh, you know, you got your quarterbacks, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, who could come off the board. I don't see that happening. You know, in the top ten, I could see teams trading back to to get them, like we did for EJ Manuel, which you know turned out to be what it was. 
Uh, Evan Neal, interior offensive lineman. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver. Uh, Kyle Hamilton. There's going to be a lot of you know other players coming off the board. One guy who I really like is Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State. I really like him. He's got speed. He kind of reminds me of Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Antonio Brown, but without the drama. He's not a head case like him, as far as I can tell. But I can see a lot of guys coming off the board. Uh, Charles Cross, another offensive lineman. Uh, wow, there's a run on corners in this math draft. Jermaine Johnson is another outside, uh, edge rusher. George Karlaftis. Uh, Jameson Williams going ahead of us would be a dream because although he would be a beast, uh, I think that we could pick up another another wide receiver next year in the draft if we really wanted to. Traylon Burks. So they have the Bills in this mock draft, particularly Andrew Booth Jr. cornerback out of Clemson, which I don't mind at all. I like I like him too. He's a solid pick. We did cover Gilmore. If you uh, go back up in the comments a little bit, uh, we were talking about what we would pay him and how it would go. Oh, you're, you're on Facebook. So Gilmore would be something I would do at like three years, $30 million with an opt-out in year four and maybe a void year in year or an opt-out in year three. So we can opt out after two years, but give him a void year at year four, just in case you want to keep him an extra year. And then you can take a third of all of it and then put it into that void year and then be done with it. Or you can do a two-year deal and then make the third-year void and then, again, a third, drop it in there. So I would love a tall receiver, and we're going to actually get into receivers now, right? Because we've been talking about corners, and we know that to get either McDuffie, Stingley, you know, we're probably going to have to jump. Booth may fall to us, and that's fine. I like Booth, so I'm, I'm cool with it. But when I go to receivers... The number one wide receiver on the board is Jamison Williams, talent-wise. He's the best-graded receiver in his draft class. Problem is, he's tore, he tore his ACL in the national championship game. He's not going to be ready to play till maybe December. So we're looking at a guy who's not going to come and play for us until the playoffs. Uh, granted, we'll make the playoffs without him, but I'd like to get a player who's actually going to come in and contribute right away. So that leaves us with the number two talent and number three talent on the board at receiver, which is Chris Olave. Who is six foot one? You know, he's he's a big time receiver. He's under 88 pounds. He's out of Ohio State. He's a good clean route runner. He's not perfect at anything yet, but he does have the potential to get there. Excuse me. And Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. He's a very good player. Uh, you know, his ideal role is a premier boundary guy, so he's an outside receiver, which we need. The only thing with him is that he's only 5'11", right? So he's not he's gonna he's not gonna fit that big receiver role that we really want for Josh. And that's fine too. If they want to go someone smaller, that's fine because Gabriel Davis is six foot two, six foot three. So we have a taller, bigger receiver, and Gabriel Davis does fine in that role. Uh, but also from Ohio State, you have Garrett Williams, who's six foot, so he's not really big either. Average size guy. Uh, the only big guy we have in this draft is Drake London. And he's not particularly fast. He kind of reminds me of Isaiah Hodgins. So I think that would be a reach for me. And he's got a first-round grade because he is what he is. He's a big guy. But he doesn't really go up and get the ball. Like, he doesn't play big. He's going to have to learn to play big. He's not physical off the line. You know, he's more of a big slot to me. Uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, another guy. He's six foot two, 225. So he's about the size. 
of Gabriel Davis. That would be a nice one. Uh, Terrell Owens was about that size. Gabe's not that heavy, but Gabe is that tall. So that you know, that's a way we can go. Uh, let me go ahead and go back to this receiver here. Uh, he is a possession receiver that can use his big frame. That is Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. So he'd be more of the Gabriel Davis, I guess, Terrell Owens type. Uh, let me see if there's a see if there's a comp for him. Scout grades. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is a comp for him. So not a bad comparison. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at it, but we need speed, in my opinion, more than we need size. Diggs is six foot. Uh, we have McKenzie, who's fast, but we also have Jameson Crowder, who's who's quick. Quicker than fast, but he, you know he's got both. He's also a, kind of a power runner as a receiver. Um, this one, this one's tough because I really like Olave. But say they didn't get a receiver in round one, say they went corner. Sky Moore, a second round prospect. He's only five nine, but he is a speedster. He is a very good receiver. Uh, I really like him. And where is it? Uh, I don't see a comp for him. Illinois, Michigan, Yeah, I don't see a comp for him, but Sky Moore is another prospect that I really like at receiver. Let me see. What else do we have at receiver here? I'm not getting any more comments right now, so maybe you guys are just listening. Uh, then there's uh, John Mechie, the third out of Alabama. He's kind of a disappointment this past year. He was expected to take a step forward. Uh, that's what I heard from the show I was watching earlier from that franchise guy. And from what I'm seeing grade-wise here from the draft network, it's the same thing. Like he's uh he didn't he didn't take the step forward at Bama that people thought he would. He's a second round value. It's possible we take him, but I'm not sure I see him having more potential than uh Gabe Davis. But another person who I do like is Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He is 6'4", 208. The only thing is he played at North Dakota State, so he's, he's an outside receiver and he can fit in the offense. But the question is, is he going to be able to be physical enough at the next level? That's the tough part. So while I like Christian Watson, uh, he's kind of a project, but you know that's what the Bills do anyway, so why not? Let's see why we drafted Stevenson. He was our possible speed wide receiver. So we have, we have, you know, I think he was more brought in to be a special teamer, honestly. You know, I don't think you want to take necessarily the future of your team on a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick. Uh, but I do like Stevenson. I do think that he can do some damage. Franchise good is a New England homer. That's fine. He could be a New England homer, but he, he wasn't talking about the Bills specifically. He was This is just his grades on prospects. So uh, I can I can get down with a New England homer if he's not talking about the Bills. Was, that's fine. I can I can kind of get that out of here out of my out of my head. Uh, Stevenson is more of a slot wide receiver, I believe. We need a boundary guy. Okay, I'm with you there, Spin. I'm with you there. Let's see.
Joey Hatch says, I don't think Brandon Bean is done yet. Something's going to happen before the draft or during the draft. It's just my opinion. No, I'm with you there. I think that Brandon Bean, you know, he moves in silence like lasagna. You know, real G's move in silence like lasagna. And that's Brandon Bean. That's how he's operated all freaking year. You didn't know it was coming, and then, bam, he hits you with something. You're like, oh, snap, we got Vaughn. Boom, what's that? We got Saffold. Oh, boom, we got Case Keenum as our backup quarterback, who, in my opinion, is the second-best quarterback in this division. Again, the Bills have the first and second-best quarterbacks in this division. You can argue me if you want to, Mac Jones or Tua Tundavailova, but Case Keenum took the Vikings to the NFC Championship game with Stephon Diggs, so I'm rocking with that. See you next Sunday, Jess. Thanks for being here. Uh, what about what about Higgins or Hodgins? That kid in our practice squad. He was doing pretty good till he got hurt. So I'm all about bringing Hodgins up. I like Hodgins. If if you believe in him, then go for it. That, they did it for Jay, for Dane Jackson, right? They they believed in him. He came in when Trey Davis got hurt. The defense still looked fine. We still played good pass defense. And we were just too slow to handle Tyreek Hill. That was that was it. If if Tre'Davious White is in there, he's a four four guy. Maybe he's fast enough to catch him. But you know, the, both the Bengals corners were four four guys. That's fine if you have a if you're running four wides. So say you're running four wides, right? You have Davis on the inside and Hodgins on the inside. I think Hodgins is more of an outside guy, honestly. He's a big body outside guy. I think Davis can do both. So probably not the same exact role. You could use him differently. I think that Davis can play the role that Hodgins would play and another role. And I think that Hodgins is specifically an outside dude. Also, you have Jamison Crowder and McKenzie going to be in there fighting for slot spots. But you know the Bills like to rotate everybody. We're not we're not a team that just holds on to one spot. That's just not how the Bills operate. So when you go to the next player that we could take, take, which is offensive line, which I think is less likely now that we have our guards, Zion Johnson is the top interior offensive lineman for these guys. You know, followed by Tyler Linderbaum and Kenyon Green, who I think is a potential prospect there. Kenyon Green could be a guy that we take. Straight up, I like Kenyon Green. Uh, he does fit a scheme. Well, he's he's a versatile scheme guy, right? He can play both guard positions and right tackle, right? Which I guess could be scary to some of us because you think of Cody Ford that way. And he's a first round prospect, so I'm I'm for him too. I like him. Solid looking player. Shoot, another guy coming out, uh, Dylan Parham, who would be more of a second-round guy if we wanted to jump up and go get him. Uh, he played for Memphis. And he's more of a zone block guy, so he probably isn't somebody I would go after since we're moving away from OG Bobby Johnson and we're moving forward with Aaron Cromer. Aaron Cromer's, Aaron Cromer's more of a gap block guy, you know, like a power, power guy. Uh, then you have Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. Who is a big boy, six foot five, three twenty-two. That's a big boy. Woo! Oh yes. So I did his ideal roles: a starting guard, his scheme, uh, versatile in the run game, play action, pass heavy. Sounds like the Bills. What we're gonna be doing going forward? 
This could be our guy in round two. He's a third-round value. Uh, I'm guessing early third round, so that could be our second-round pick unless we trade back to get more picks, which I doubt. I think we're going to be on the move. Well, you definitely can't count on Cody Ford. Hopefully the new offensive line coach can turn his ass around. So, Joey Hatch, I agree with you 100% on this right here. In the OG Bobby Johnson pat, uh, blocking scheme, you cannot count on Cody Ford, right? Cody Ford is a type of guy who needs to block in a power scheme like we're going to run this year. He is not a zone block guy. He is a mauler. He is a get my hands on you and eat your lunch kind of guy. That's what Cody Ford is. And we tried to make him some finesse blocking guy. It's not what he does. He doesn't operate that way. He is a find somebody, hit them, and that's it. But, you know, making him think more than he needs to is, is, is too much. He's just not that guy. Fits all the criteria. You talking about the guy I was just reading about, buddy? Talking about a guy from Memphis, Darian Kennard, or he's from Kentucky. So he's from Kentucky. He's third-round grade. I like him. Uh, I would take him in the third round. No problem. Much of our decision-making will depend on what Dorsey is planning. It's hard to predict with or this without knowing what his ideas are. That's very true. So one thing we haven't really discussed is the type of schemes that Dorsey's going to run versus what Dable did. Uh, granted, he does have some influence from Dable, obviously, in coaching under him for three years or four years, whatever, however long it's been that Dable's been here. But knowing that I like Falele, I didn't get a chance to look at Falele, but – I will check him out. But knowing that Dorsey's going to have some influence from him and what he's run prior, I can see a mix of things. And there's a, there's a lot going on because Dorsey's been coaching for a while. So we'll see what, where that goes. Brown is a mauler as well. He can just maul people on the move, which also works with zone schemes. So mauling works on zone schemes if you're pulled. We didn't pull forward a lot, and I think that – Ford is more of an interior blocker. Like, he's going to hold somebody on the inside to allow you to get around him. Uh, I don't think that Ford's a very good pass blocker, uh, especially in his zone scheme. Right, That's that's where he got beat mostly. I'm uh, hoping that he... Hoping that it was just his coming back off injury. I'm hoping too, but, you know... I don't know if the Bills are willing to bank on that. You know, they, they would have to really bank on that. But I think that we're going to run like, oh, there we go, Joey Hutch. I just started reading your stuff after I had that in my mind. Running double tight end set, exactly. So you have O.J. Howard and you have Dawson Knox, which could make another wide receiver meaningless. Because you can still run four or five wide and have two tight ends in there. And O.J. Howard is a manimal. He is a manimal. As is Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox took off this year, as I said he would. But O.J. Howard's looking for a reset. But he's not looking to do it Trubisky style. He's looking to do it contributing to a team, coming in and giving his all to be part of the roster and then either move on next year or re-sign and be part of a you know a big-time tight end room, which I think Dorsey's really going to want to get into. I think I think that's really a good thing. Falele, 6'8 tackle. 6'8? Golly. Where's the leverage on 6'8? He must have long arms. Let me see. 
Falele. How do I spell that? F A A. Reminds me too much of Lutalele. Daniel Falele is born in Australia. Wow. Okay. 379 pounds. Golly. Is he going to be able to play interior? Because he's an offensive tackle. Gargantuan offensive tackle prospect Daniel Falele, heavier than any NFL player at 384 pounds. Oh, my God. That dude is huge. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have to even block anybody. He just stand there. Holy shoot. Oh. All of them are Mullers. That's not true. I right, Bakker's not a Muller. He's a blocker. Oof. Yeah, Falele is a big dude. Holy shit, that dude's huge. Six foot eight, 284 pounds, weighted at the combine. Holy Jesus. Golly, that dude will take your lunch money for sure. If he can play guard, go get him. Let him sit behind Saffold and Rick for a year. And then you have a guy that you can plug in for the next four years or three years because I think he's a second-round pick or third-round pick. He's not He's not going to be a first-round pick in my opinion. But Jesus, Jesus. Oof, that boy is big. Yeah, but I, so personally, these are the three positions that are possible for the Bills in the first round. And having three different positions that are possible, guard, or I'll say interior offensive lineman, you know, guys with guard center flex, uh, I'd say wide receiver and corner are really the ones. We could also say running back um, for uh, Brees Hall if he's there and none of the guys that we want are there. And if we don't like trade back options, then, you know, maybe we go running back. I doubt it, but, you know, that's that's not my business. Uh, does he double as a sumo wrestler? He could. He's Polynesian as hell. Dude could be Yokozuna. Woo. Already saw that one. Yeah. Saffold is an athletic guard. He is, but Saffold is a damn mauler. Saffold is a super mauler. That dude is strong as hell. Saffold is a, is a, is a run-blocking machine. Love that pickup. One of my favorite pickups. You pay you can pay filet and wings. Yeah, turkey wings. That that's a big boy. Who's gonna sit down and eat a 40 piece and be hungry still? Craziness. Boy is big. But yeah, guard, receiver, corner are the most likely picks there. Granted, say one of the top linebackers, you know, drops there. I'm not sure I see us doing that unless they pull a trade for Tremaine Edmonds, like right before, which is possible. But you know, I I don't see it. Uh, personally, I think that they do like Trey Edmonds. Let me see. Every single one of these. Come on. It doesn't look like there's you know any linebackers in the first round. Oh, Devin Lloyd. There you go. So say Devin Lloyd drops to us. You never know. 
They could go go for someone like that. They could go for a. Yeah, it's like Nakobe oh, Dean. He's another guy they can go for in the first round. I doubt it. Again, I, it is what it is. But yeah, those are those are the positions really, and I don't care which order they go in as long as they get the best player available. And the best scheme fit available too. You want a, you want a guy who's going to fit your your team. You don't want a guy who fits your uh, culture. You don't want a guy who can do what you need him to do. Uh, and also, I'm pretty sure that Dorsey learning under Dable learned to make his scheme also fit his players. That's also a very important thing. You want your guys to fit your scheme, but you also want your scheme to fit your players. You want to be able to move things around and allow them to really put forth their best because. That's what the Bills do. Generally speaking, they make players the best at what they can be at that position. Josh Allen makes wide receivers better. We know this. It's, it's been documented. It is what it is. Watch for a big year from Jamison Crowder. Watch for a big year from Gabriel Davis. I think he'll take a, take a leap forward. I think McKenzie's going to have a better year on offense. Diggs, his year probably be similar to last year, you know, because he had his best year already career-wise with Josh Allen. And people are going to keep trying to lock him down and make Josh eat elsewhere. But if you look at the poise and the ability that Josh showed in the last bit of last year, there's just there's there's not much further for him to have to go. But they say his ceiling is still way higher than that. So I'm very excited to see what they do. Here we go. If Falele ends up not being able to play O-line, put him at one tech DT. Yeah. Ooh. That's a that's a tall guy to play at one tech though. One tech, you don't necessarily want a six foot eight one tech. What's up, mamas? My puppy's here messing with me. But yeah, one tech is a that's a tough one to go through. Uh, but I know I know you're kidding. Okay. So, are there any questions? I mean, this is this is the time for you know anybody to to give me something to to look into. Um, but if not, then you know. It's been an hour, but I'm here for it. So let's see what you got. Nothing as of now. Jeez. Sir, I don't know if anybody brought it up to you, but your video is not so great today. What do you mean? Do you mean I'm not performing well today, or do you mean that my quality is bad? A punter. So I see a lot of guys ripping on the punter, and understandably so. The punter, his um, well, he he kicked a lot of terrible punts, and granted, we probably don't look at punter as a big necessity other than holding because we don't plan on punting that much, but it was a problem. And if you can get somebody cheaper in the draft, then why the heck not? My video quality is fuzzy. Yeah, I think I'm seeing it now. Oh, Jesus. Did I not, did I not adjust, address it? You see. Steve Web meet. Okay. Advance. Ah, that's what it is. Okay. I had it set to 480p today. I'm sorry, guys. Hey guys. No. Here we go. 
Is that better? But how many QBs can throw over a 6-8? That's true. Josh might end up blinking him in the back of the head with a rocket. He just moves over to the left or right one time. It's a big dude. Defensive tackle. So I like defensive tackles in this draft, but I also really like the guys we picked up. Daquan Jones or Daquan Jones, however you say it. Uh, I like Tim Settle a lot. Uh, I do like Ed Oliver, who's on our roster still. I like the fact that we brought back uh, Jordan Phillips. Uh, I like what we did at defensive tackle. I'm not mad at it. I would be happy to bring back George, uh, Justin Zimmer as a backup, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, what, buddy? What happened? Bill's trade Edmonds next year's first and this year's second to move up. Okay. I, I, thought, I thought he said, whoa, and then you said this, and I was like, whoa. Okay. Audio's lagging and not all funky. Not that. Dang. Okay. So maybe I just have too many windows open. Let me close some of these. I'm going to have to make some adjustments to this computer. All right. So the Bills trade Edmonds next year's first and this year's second to move into the top 15 and get their guy. Um, Maybe. It really depends on who that guy is, uh, what position they play, and if it's a high-value position. If it's a guard, no. Uh, you don't move up for a guard like that. Guards generally are not a position that's as valuable when it comes to financials and stuff like that. You're going to be investing a lot of money into that player on the rookie contract. That's generally not how you do it. Uh, same thing with running backs. That's why you don't draft running backs in the first round because that automatically makes them one of the higher-paid players in that position because the monetary value of that position is not necessarily the highest. It's not necessarily the greatest. So it's like when the Giants took Saquon Barkley. Like he immediately became a top 10 paid running back in the NFL, which is ridiculous, which is potentially what jumped up the price of Zeke's money and Chris McCaffrey's money and all those other guys' money once they got paid. So once those other guys started getting paid, because Saquon's money was so high, he's like, well, this rookie's making this much, so I need to be paid better than him. It's always an argument. So for me, if you jump up, it has to be a cornerback or it has to be a wide receiver. It has to be a Chris Olave or a McDuffie. It has to be something like that. It can't be a guard or a running back. Or in this draft, even a linebacker. Like There's just, there's just not enough of that position for me to think that it's that valuable in this draft. It's corner or receiver, period, end of story. So if you trade Edmonds, I think Edmonds is worth more on the market than we think. We think of him as a low-value guy because he doesn't necessarily fit what we think our linebackers should be doing. But in the NFL-wise, he is a two- or three-time pro bowler. He's 23 years old. You know, He may not be a scheme fit here, but he may be a perfect fit somewhere else. Uh, if you can get a first-round pick for him or you know, a first and a second or a first and a third or, you know, just a first. So you can get, you know, pick 14 for Tremaine Edmonds. Somebody may be willing to pull that trigger because he's the age of guys coming out this year still. We've been saying that for two and a half years when he was 21. Well, players are coming out of the draft now that are that age. He was 22. Players are coming out now in the draft that are his age. 23. Players are coming out. You get it. So he could be more valuable than, than we as fans think. And that's just the reality of it. 
somebody else can go out there and pull the trigger on him, we'll take him. He fits the Steelers' scheme, or he fits the Seahawks' scheme. They can replace Bobby Wagner with Tremaine Edmonds. It is what it is. Stop blaming Tremaine Edmonds when our front four hasn't stepped, stopped the run or sack. That's true. You know, uh, that's true. Tremaine Edmonds' best year was his second year, in my opinion, and that was the year that we had Jordan Phillips, right? We had, uh, what was it, his first year? We had Jordan Phillips. We had Shaq Lawson. We had Lorenzo Alexander. Like, we had guys around him that could help him. But eventually, Jamie, eventually he has to step up and make this defense his own. As the middle linebacker, or whatever you want to call him, because I don't know if we really have a middle linebacker in traditional sense on this defense. And oftentimes enough, you hear them go 58 to Mike, which means that Milano's technically playing that role. Uh, personally, I think that eventually he has to make this defense his own, and he's going to have to start growing the hell up. And he's 23, so maturity could be taking a factor in this, this or it could be a big factor. It's not taking a factor, but it could be a factor. Him growing up and being so young could be a maturity issue, and not necessarily because he's not mature in the sense of growing as a football player, but growing as in the sense of a man. Like when I was 18, I joined the army, right? I left for uh, military or basic training in South Carolina. Uh, I was a wrestler, right? So physically fit, I was already, I didn't have to work on that. All I had to do was work on remembering everything, memorizing, learning how to talk to people in military terms. And you know, all that mental stuff is all I had to do. The physical stuff I already had down packed. I was a wrestler for four years in high school. But I had nothing to worry about there. And then from there, you know, I thought I was grown. You know, I'm 18. No one can tell me nothing. I'm grown. And then at like 26, 27 years old, I had an epiphany. Like, oh, my God, I've been such an ass. I have been such an ass. How did I not see this then? It boils down to I was immature. Right, I was I was too young to be operating on that level. I was a father at 19. Right, I'm I'm 37 now. My stepdaughters are 19. Right, so you know, I got married at 19. I met their mother. My my twin stepdaughters are 19 now. Um, my sons are 15 and 14. So I had my youngest kid when I was 23, and I didn't realize until like 27. The mistakes I was making as an adult because of my maturity. And that could be something that's going on with Tremaine Edmonds. And it's just using myself as an example to mirror what could be going on with Tremaine Edmonds. So he, he's going to have to step up, though. And that's a lot to ask. But guys his age now, if he doesn't do it this year, be rest, rest assured the Bills will franchise tag him and trade him. Rest assured. It may not happen this year. But rest assured, after this year, if he doesn't step up the way they want him to, they will franchise tag him and trade him or just flat, flat out let him go. The, the salary cap will determine that. Does Fred Edmonds' height affect his position as a middle linebacker? Not really. There have been six foot five middle linebackers before. Some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller. It really depends on the defense. Edmonds runs his defense, he makes the adjustments, and he's young. Yeah, that's true. Edmonds is a good player. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I'm saying that he could be suffering from, from immaturity due to age and not fully emotionally and mentally maturing. That, that's a that's a thing that it could be 
and it's a reality. I realized it when I got old enough to be like, oh no, what was I doing? What was I doing? Oh my gosh. I played football with all those girls and I stiff on the heck out of this one chick. <laughs> I mean, I just ugh, gave her that business. And man, like when I look at her when I'm older, I'm like, Jesus, she might have liked me. And then I stiff armed her into the dirt and she, now I know she hates me. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Uh, if Kyle Hamilton slips down to the middle of the first, do you trade up to get him and get rid of both Hyde and Poyer with Hamilton and Hamilton safety? So this is an interesting one because if he does fall there and we do trade up for him, uh, I don't necessarily get rid of Hyde and Poyer, but I run a whole lot more big nickel. Big nickel or big dime. Yeah. Um, this also gives you a lot more options that I've talked about before with the whole uh, – Von Miller playing linebacker versus playing defensive line, right? So then you can run more 3-3-5 three, three, uh, three, three, sets. There's a lot that can be done with Hamilton. I like Hamilton a lot, but I don't see it happening that we go get him. But if he falls to, like, 17, yeah, why wouldn't you take your futures at, at safety and call it a day? And it'll be Hamilton and Hamlin. Oh, you said that. I said that. Hamlin and Hamilton. For some reason I read Hamilton and Hamilton. Right part. All right. Everybody has them. Uh, I think we should play more 4-3 on first down in short yardage situations. By the way, thank you for your service. No problem, man. I appreciate that when people say that. Uh, one thing I'll tell people sometimes when they tell me uh, thank you for your service uh, is thank you very much for that. Uh, that feels very nice being a service member. And also, um, when you're in the service, you just kind of look at it as a job. Uh, and as when I was a younger man, that's what I, I saw it more as. And then as I got older, again, maturing, I was like, okay, this actually means a lot to people because, you know, soldiers, Marines, airmen, and sailors are very, very highly regarded in this country. And when I was a young soldier, I didn't understand that. Uh, but now, as an adult, I really do. So thank you very much. I actually saw a Vietnam War veteran. Uh, a few days ago at work, and you know, I gave him his I gave him his welcome home because a lot of those guys didn't get that they deserve. So, God bless them. Uh, a more traditional four-three would help Tremaine. I think it would because it would put him at a clear mic position, uh, or you could run him at strong side, which I think he would blossom at strong side. I think that he would absolutely kill as a strong side linebacker. So that opinion isn't falling on deaf ears. I actually somewhat agree. Edmonds is the captain and the MIC. Uh, it's actually Mike like his Michael, M-I-K-E, in football terms at least. Uh, I don't think maturity is a problem with Edmonds. I think it is. I think it is. That's why he doesn't get to – why he doesn't make decisions fast enough. I think it is. I, I think it's, it's – I think it's one of his only problems. Though. Strength, not a problem. Speed, not a problem. Uh, ability to catch the ball. He drops some every now and then, but he's a linebacker, not a receiver or tight end. Being out of position, not really a problem. Making a decision at the line, which gap to hit, a problem. I think it could be a maturity thing. He'll grow out of it, I think. Get Alabama built. Uh, all right. 
Thank you again, sir. Edmonds is not a middle linebacker. It's not his fault. He's playing out of position. That's that's true, but he's also been learning his new position for like four years. So at some point, like we're up. Dawson Knox has been playing tight end for four years, but he took his big leap. Maybe this is Tremaine Edmonds' year to take that big leap. Dawson Knox was in college where he was a tight end for three years, came to Buffalo, took two years, and then that last year, boom, lights go off, and he's up. Let me run this by you. Okay. Von Miller, Jordan Davis, uh, Ed Oliver, Gregory So, Okay, so here's a couple problems with the happens. I'm not a big fan of Jordan Davis. I'm not. His, his weight is out of control. He's uh, he's really inconsistent with that. He's inconsistent with his work habits, from what I understand. He is a physical freak, but you cannot teach somebody to be motivated. You can try and motivate somebody, but you can't teach them to be disciplined in how they operate at their house when they go eat. You can try. And if they, if they took him, I wouldn't be that upset because if anybody's going to do that, and raise him up to be a professional, it's this team here. We have the guys on the squad to do that. The Jordan Poyers, the Micah Hives, the Tredavious Whites, the Josh Allens. We have guys here who can help influence him in his life outside of football, and that would make his life inside of football better. But I'm not a big fan of Jordan Davis, personally. And also, the other problem I have is I don't think Von Miller is going to be playing defensive end. He's still listed as a linebacker, and I think that he'll be taking that Lorenzo Alexander role. And Stacking up sacks. I think that he's going to see a role that's a little bit different, but similar to what he did. You'll see his hand in the dirt sometimes, but I think you'll see us running a lot more 3-3-5 on defense and allowing him to move freely to hit gaps. I think that's what our, our plan is going to be with him. Vontae Wyatt is the best D lineman on Georgia's defense. Okay. I'd be upset. Okay. You'd be upset. It's fine. Uh, personally, I'm not a Jordan Davis fan, so if you'd be upset, you know, I'll be upset with you, but I, I wouldn't be personally. Uh, my personal preference would be corner receiver the first round. Uh, there'll be defensive tackles later in the draft that, you know, you can pick up if you really want to, but I don't think that we're going to because we have enough on our roster. I'm pretty sure that defensive ends can wear 40 now. I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Defensive. And eligible numbers. My 10 defensive linemen are allowed. Okay. That was a new thing that happened. There we go. Eligible jersey numbers. For certain positions. Running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, H-backs, and wide receivers allowed to wear 1 through 49. And 80 through 89 defensive backs can choose from 1 through 49, 1 through 50. Or, there they go. Linebackers, 1 through 59, and 90 through 99. Offensive linemen, 50 through 79. And defensive linemen, 50 through 79, 90. Okay. But yeah, it, it could be that. I was incorrect. <clears throat> So 40 is for linemen, uh, running backs, corners. Yeah. But I still think 
that there could be something to that because Lorenzo Alexander could play that role, and we've been missing it since he was gone. And say so you can get a Russo, you can get a Shaq Lawson or a Epinesa or a Basham on the other side, and then have Vaughn as a floater playing a spy or a gap blitzer. I can see him playing that role. Still see him standing up behind there if we're running a 2 4 3 spot or a 3 3 5. I think that it's possible that Von Miller still plays the position that I think. I still think that he's very capable of doing it. And I think that Von Miller is somebody who would excel at that spot personally. But uh, he was a unicorn, but is he better than Von Miller? I see you spin. He was a unicorn, but is he better than Von Miller? And can Von Miller not do what Lorenzo Alexander did? I still love Zell too, Jamie. He's one of my favorite guys. I miss him, but he you know, he was getting older. It was time for him to go. Uh, and he, I'm glad that he didn't go and hurt the team by staying. I'll say that. But, guys, it has been an hour and 20 minutes, about, about an hour and 18, 47, 48, 49. Right, I'm done with that. I'm not you. But uh, it has been my pleasure to see you guys again on a Saturday. Next week, I will make sure to keep my video quality at a minimum or at, at, at the best I can do it. And uh, I will keep my windows closed on here, and I will have my stuff on my phone. So that way, if I need to look something up, I got to put the, the browser up on my phone. Uh, this computer is not as powerful as my previous one I used to use because that one crapped out on me. So I'll be looking for a new computer here in the near future. And... Uh, Again, thank you guys. Let's go Bills.